if you want to really execute digital well, you actually need to encourage a sense of curiosity in the team. You need to allow people to try things and to get some of it wrong as well. You know, and, and that's the thing with digital is that it's always in beta. You know, you, you launch something, you test it. But the important thing is that you set protocols in place to make sure that you're actually measuring. You know, you have a hypothesis in place. We've got something we want to test. This is how we're going to test it. And this is why. And then that's the important part of building out a, a digital mindset and culture in a team is that uh, you need to be open to some, some risks. Hey guys, we have Jody Collins here with me. She is the founder and managing director of Read Digital, a strategic, strategic digital marketing consultancy which works with companies across Asia to guide them through digital marketing and digital business transformation. She also works with companies and individuals across the region to develop their digital business and marketing strategies. So uh, Jody, welcome to the show. Great, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, so that was a mouthful, um, Jody. Can you, <laughs> can you in, in, uh, in your own words, tell us what does Read Digital do? Yes, absolutely. So I, I started the business three years ago. Actually, I've just had my three-year anniversary, which is very exciting. Uh, but yes, yeah, started it three years ago here in Singapore, uh, based here, but working across the APAC region. And really, there are a couple of key areas that we look at. We develop uh, strategies for businesses, uh, usually based around digital. So that's where most people need help. So we'll develop their marketing strategy or their business strategy, looking at how they can best leverage digital to really drive their business and reach their customers. And then the other main part of what we do is we teach people how to do all aspects of digital marketing. So we'll coach people. So we do a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one executive senior, senior level coaching with CEOs, CMOs, to take people from a traditional marketing background and teach them what they need to know about digital. Uh, and we do a lot of workshops and trainings and, you know, it's all very tied in with the strategy work. So it's, but the, the whole thing is we're here to try and help people succeed uh, using digital. Amazing, amazing stuff. I, I love your business model. And one thing I want to address when I saw your profile and spoke to you briefly is that um, all these companies that you work with, like big companies like Malaysia Airlines, you know, Cellcom and a lot of media agencies, obviously they have um, their own digital staff. So are you sort of filling in the void between the companies the, and the agencies? Are you like in the middle, like doing the consultancy? Yeah. So actually with those two clients that you just mentioned specifically, they are an example of where we were engaged to work uh, on a strategy through their creative agency. So we do a lot of work with agencies as well, uh, media agencies and creative agencies, where they'll ask us to come in and run workshops uh, with their clients. And, you know, it, it, sometimes it will include inspiration sessions. So looking at what are the key digital trends in their particular categories and then we'll run workshop sessions with the client and the agency. Uh, so come in and act as a, a strategist and as a facilitator to help them map out what are the priorities in digital. Because I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, everyone can read all of this information about digital and start making up their own decisions and, and you know, and everyone has this information at their fingertips now. So oftentimes the agencies feel like they are, um, you know, they're competing for knowledge that the clients know just as much as them sometimes. And so what we are asked to do is come in and help coach the agencies as well and make sure that they are staying ahead of the game and can also then, you know, do really interesting work with their clients. Uh, good stuff. Um, and one of the key things that you um, stated is like you sort of uh, help clients come to a strategy. So can yep. you tell us like the process of, you know, uh, developing a business strategy uh, or digital marketing strategy with, with your clients? Yep. Yep. Sure. So uh, two different things. So let me talk about the, the marketing strategy component first of all. Uh, so I think you know, what, what we work with um, on clients is 
we try and help them understand that they should be looking at developing a marketing strategy which has digital components rather than a, uh, a separate siloed digital marketing strategy. And this, this is something that I feel really passionate about. And I think, you know, when we were doing a, a, a prep call on this a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was saying, look, this is my key driver is that I get so frustrated because there are so many people out there who are saying that they really know digital marketing and they are so, so focused on just the really executional components, but they're not thinking strategically. And so what is really important for me is to then really work with clients to help them understand, okay, uh, what you need to think about is a more holistic strategy, uh, looking at overall what you need to be doing in marketing and then where digital fits in with that. So with any strategy, you know, basically I, I always sort of say that you can really boil it down to just a few really key simple questions. And, you know, I say that these three questions changed my life. I actually, I had, a, I had an excellent boss a few years ago when I was working at News Digital Media in Australia, actually. And he said to me, look, you know, strategy can get so complex and confusing. Uh, you know, you just really need to bring it back to these three, three key questions. Number one, where are you now? Number two, where do you want to get to? And number three is how, do you, how are you going to get there? And so actually, when you're thinking about developing your strategy, that's all you need to come back to. So number one, where are you now? So this is understanding where you are in your category, what your business delivers, uh, you know, what's your relationship with your customers, what's your business performance, you know, what activity are you doing now that's working? Uh, so it's really, and, oh, and competitors, of course, you know, understanding where you are in the competitive environment. So whether we're looking at developing a marketing strategy or a digital marketing strategy, that is absolutely the first place that we always start. Uh, you know, where, where is the business now? Uh, what is it that you're actually, uh, you know, how, how are things performing? Uh, and then, of course, we go on to the next step, which is then where do you want to get to? So this is really then what are your business goals and then laddering it down to your different objectives. What are your business goals? Then what are your marketing objectives? Then what are your communications objectives? And then, you know, as we work with clients on this, then the more specific we can get about the objectives that they're actually trying to achieve, then the better we can be at delivering a strategy that helps them achieve that. So, you know, we can help them, whether they're a client working through their creative agency with their media agency, uh, we'll work alongside them to help them really define exactly what it is they're trying to achieve. And then, of course, the third part is then how do you get there? So then that's when we can start talking about all those fantastic digital tactics, which sometimes people just assume is, oh, okay, well, that's digital marketing. What, what is digital marketing? Well, it's, it's doing some search ads. It's doing some activity on Facebook. Well, no, there are two things that exist in your overall digital marketing toolbox, um, but they, they are tactics that can get you to where you want to get to. But we need to be thinking about all sorts of other things. You know, what, what's your business problem? Is it that you don't have enough awareness for your, uh, your product or service in your category? Is it actually people know about you, but they're not buying you? And then what's the reason for that? So they're considering you, but then they're just, you know, not buying what you have on offer. Then that requires different tactics, different messaging through, um, through the entire process. So that's really um, strategy in a nutshell. Yes, yes, uh, great stuff. Um, I, I, I think I, I told you before that I also run a consultancy here in Kuala Lumpur. And for me, it's also identifying the client's goals. And then it doesn't matter whether sometimes the client cannot run Facebook ads or they have to be on Google or they want to do things organically. It's about you know, coming up with a strategy to get them to where they want to be. You know, if yeah. some of the clients are even work with their sales teams because that's where the growth uh, is. You, know, you identify where, yeah. where is the fastest way that they can get to where they want to be. And of course, I sort of sometimes prioritize the resources that will get uh, them the most yeah. results. So I identify the channel that needs to be prioritized in terms of resources. Um, yeah. So I, I think you work with a lot of companies in terms of um, the consultancy and also training. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you mentioned that when it comes to uh, digital marketing, they have to think strategically. So how does a C-level executive have to approach uh, digital marketing? You know, like the CMO or uh, someone higher like a CEO. So, I, so what, how do they approach, uh, should they approach digital marketing? Mm -hmm. 
Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, a very big question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, number one, make sure that you've got the right team in place with the yeah. right set of skills to help you get to where you want to go. Yeah. Uh, but it really, I mean, it's going to depend on the size of the business and the size of the team. Uh, but again, it, you know, it should come back to what is it you're trying to achieve uh, when you then, you know, um, have the team in place and it's about setting setting the right partners in place. So whether you have a, um, you know, a specialist search agency or a media agency or a creative agency, you know, who are all of those partners that are going to help you really uh, achieve where you want to um, achieve what your goals are. But look, I think the thing is, you know, especially when we're working with the bigger brands and, you know, we're working through um, how do they approach digital marketing, you know, it's so much of it is about education and also inspiring the people in the team to actually just start doing some work where they're testing different activities and seeing what works. And, you know, part of it is um, you need to have some type of functional knowledge. So you need to understand a bit about how to do search or social or content or um, programmatic data-driven marketing, whatever it might be. And the other part is that you need to inspire a sense of curiosity and, um, and, you know, a digital mindset. That's what, I, you know, we talk a lot about this with our clients, the importance of, you know, when you're really trying to execute digital effectively in your business, it can't just be about the functional or tactical areas, you know, how you execute. It's also about how you think. And so this is where, you know, if you, if you want to really execute digital well, you actually need to encourage a sense of curiosity in the team. You need to allow people to try things and to get some of it wrong as well, you know, and, and that's the thing with digital is that it's always in beta. You know, you, you launch something, you test it, but the important thing is that you set protocols in place to make sure that you're actually measuring you know, you have a hypothesis in place. We've got something we want to test. This is how we're going to test it and this is why. And then that's the important part of building out a, a digital mindset and culture in a team is that uh, you need to be open to some some risks and, um, you know, make sure that you're building in the systems in place to be able to build those feedback loops as well. So, you know, like we, we talk a lot about when we do digital transformation work with clients, we talk about what the digital forerunners are doing. And, um, you know, this is like the, a lot of the consulting companies, are, you know, the big consulting companies are in market talking about this stuff as well. And, and you know, they, they say there, there are a few key things. One is, is, the, is it a data-driven organization? So are you aware of the data that you have on your customers, on your business? How are you linking those together? How are you using that data? Uh, so that's one key aspect. Um, you know, another is, uh, you know, in developing this mindset that, you know, that you are actually building a culture where there is uh, some openness and willingness to taking some risks. Um, but, you know, and when I say risks, I don't mean, you know, just throwing things out and just trying stuff, but actually having the proper feedback loops in place um, to make sure that you're actually trying some things and, and learning from that. Um, and the other, the other thing too that we talk a lot about is, you know, when you're a CMO, your job is to make sure that all of the people underneath you know what they're doing. So, you know, of course, you need to have your strategy in place in terms of or, or your, your objectives. We know where we want to get to. And then we need to make sure that the team has the ability to do that. And, you know, part of that is through the skills that they're learning. You know, do they know the right things to be doing? Um, you know, do they know how to execute or are we just throwing them out there and hoping that they'll go and do some research online and find out, you know, teach themselves how to do digital, um, you know, which I encourage to an extent anyway. But, you know, of course, a more formalized framework of, um, of embedding skills and behaviors in a business is really going to help. But, you know, I see like when I look at um, the, the best CMOs that I work with, they, they enable people, they empower them, so they give them the direction of where they want to get to, but then they, they, they hand it over to the teams. But at the same time, they're giving them the skills and knowledge and behaviours that they need to be able to succeed as well. Um, but yeah, those are the, the key areas. Yeah, great stuff. I, I think that most C-level executives would get uh, a lot from what you just said. Um, from, from I think what C-level executives are very good at is uh, they come from a different time where I think this is the best time to be digital marketing because uh, we, we both worked at advertising agencies where it was a lot about brand building, 
uh, a lot of insights, uh, insight strategic thinking uh, in the past. And now yeah. with digital, uh, a lot of these things can be measured. Your, your creatives can be measured. Your lead generation and your data can be measured. So mm. when it comes to you know, uh, consulting uh, these big corporations, what uh, advice would you give when it comes to creativity or you know, content creation? Great. Love it. Great question. Great question. This is something that I, I'm really passionate about, actually, because, you know, I, I am a digital person. I'm definitely, you know, I, I happened to have made a decision about 20 years ago to, um, to move into a digital business a long time ago, before the first digital bubble, um, showing my ears. But, uh, you know, look, I've been working in digital for a long time and I really believe in it. I do believe, though, that maybe the pendulum has swung a little bit too far um, towards digital and we are losing sight of some of the really important things that are, um, you know, we need to think about building brand. We need to think about creativity. And, you know, a lot of uh, people, a lot of businesses, when they're focusing on digital, and look, I had a couple of conversations with some different clients about this today, they are very much operating at the bottom of the funnel. So someone has, you know, has, is searching and the client's just, you know, um, absolutely, we're just focused on conversion. We've got a limited budget, so we're only focusing on conversion activity because that's where we see the greatest return on investment. Now, that is all well and good now, but it's short-term thinking. And what we can't forget is that we also need to be thinking about how are we building our brand for when those people who aren't in market now are they have us top of mind when they actually have the need for what we provide to them. So, you know, this is where we need to balance the two. And look, you're right. Everything is so, so measurable and digital. And I think, you know, when we first started out doing banner ads like 15, 20 years ago and everyone was so hung up on the click-through rate, which was just, you know, um, one of the worst things to happen in advertising, um, but, you know, so there was this assumption that you know, it only mattered when someone clicked through, which is ridiculous because if you look at, you know, all of the work that has been done on TV and in print for years and years and years, clearly there's some impact that is being had by running that above-the-line advertising. We don't necessarily know whether someone's responding there and then to that particular creative execution. Well, we don't know. We don't, we don't have any, any way of knowing. So, you know, like we need to then think about you know, re really what is the role of, um, of our brand versus our activation activity. And, you know, like I, because I'm, I'm writing a, a module about this at the moment for our e-learning platform, Future Shift. And in this, I'm talking about, um, you know, the role of longer term brand building activity versus short term activation. And, you know, we reference a lot of the work that comes out of the IPA in the UK where they've done some solid research over the years that looks at the fact that actually um, there's a greater long-term business impact when you concentrate on building brand, not just doing short-term sales activation. Yes, so short-term sales activation, which is a lot of the stuff we can do in digital, can drive short-term business impact. But we do need to think about what we're doing to build our brand over the longer, um, over a longer period of time. That is what then stays with people. Now, back to your question about creativity, it's creativity that drives brand building because, you know, we're humans, right? So, like, how do we, when we're exposed to thousands of different messages a day, you know, we're bombarded with information, how do we retain that? We retain it by building memories which stick with us. And how do you best do that? And there's a ton of evidence that proves this. We do that best by uh, creating memory structures, which are things that their brand associations. So it's, it's usage of logos and colors and stories and, um, you know, human emotion, things like that. So all these different ways that actually um, help you retain messages and it's not just about a rational message. It's about something that is more emotional. And so, you know, even though we have all of this great focus on digital and all these wonderful tools, we still need to think about what's the role of building brand in all of that. I see. Great stuff. Uh, amazing insights. Uh, I, I always say to people who aspire to be consultants, there are a big number of them. Mm -hmm. um, I say the biggest challenge as a marketing consultant is 
to balance the long-term and the short-term. So when I consult on a client, I always get them short-term results uh, through direct response advertising or wherever. Right. But in the meantime, yep. I also will tell the client, hey, actually, we are also in the meantime working on the long-term brand building, which is the, yeah. all the creative yep. stuff. So, yeah. And, it, and it is, it's really interesting because, you know, it depends on whether you're working with a really big brand or a really small startup. And, you know, we, we work with both. And the, the approach is very, very different. And of course, because, you know, when you're working with a really big brand, they've got a team full of people who have been working in marketing for a long time and they have their different beliefs and, you know, their different roles and responsibilities around media or creative or digital or whatever it might be. So, you know, you can have a different type of conversation. When you're working with a startup, you know, it's, it's very much, hey, I'm going to make this work because if this does not work in two months then, you know, I'm, I'm going to be out of cash. So it's very much about like how do, how do we drive a short-term response? So we actually have a process that we go through with startups. You know, it's very much, a, you know, you've got to get this right, then this right, and then this right. Um, and, you know, and, and got to see some results. But at the same time, it's quite interesting. And, you know, I'm just thinking about one of the startups we worked with recently. And, you know, we did some, we did some content uh, so we were developing some content marketing, uh, content and managing their social media accounts just to get it up and running for them and then we handed it back to them to manage. Uh, but, you know, they were sort of saying after two weeks, like, well, why can't we see any, any results on this? You know, what, what, what's happening? You know, we thought that like we'd put these posts up on LinkedIn and then all of a sudden they would just be shared and it would, be, it would blow up. And, you know, my first response to that is, well, you know, you're not putting any paid media investment behind it. So, of course, you have to. You, you know, if you if you want impact, you have to put paid media investment behind anything that you're doing in any social platform. Um, but also, this stuff takes time. This actually does take time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it takes time. Um, and you mentioned startups. So, one of the things that I consult on is I, I basically uh, optimize or scale their funnel. So... It's a, it's mm-hmm. a new digital marketing term, but uh, what's your thoughts on like a marketing funnel? Because I think that's one way of putting it, but in the end, um, your customers are still humans. So they don't fit in <laughs> part of this funnel. You know, it can, you can da- spend a lot of time on the top of the funnel and then, you know, drive them to the conversion part. But yeah, what yeah. are your thoughts on Okay, I mean, the, the marketing funnel is not a new concept. It's, yeah. it's one that has been around forever. You know, it's basically, it's the consumer decision journey. It's just that with the div- digital tools that exist now, uh, you have more control over aspects of it because we're able to track, uh, you know, what someone responds to. We can remarket to them so we can make some assumptions. Well, if they've downloaded this white paper, then they're going to be interested in going through to this next stage yeah. in the process. And so, you know, that, like this, this is definitely useful and, you know, particularly for some types of businesses like B2B, um, you know, and some startups that we've worked with, we've definitely seen this as being quite useful. But it does assume a certain sense of uh, linear nature to the process that people go through and, and they don't. And, you know, you mentioned like we're absolutely, we're dealing with humans. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, um, I think as long as we're, you know, when we're working with um, with startups and they understand that, um, or, or, or small clients, whoever it might be, that it's using the marketing funnel as a way to plan and execute, um, that you know there are. Yes, we can try and send people through a process, uh, but it's it's not always going to be linear. And um, you know, just look. I think, you know. It's, uh, it's about making sure that we've got the right data that we're collecting, uh, that we're then understanding the different behaviours that people are exhibiting. So however we're tracking it, whatever marketing automation tool we might be using to drive people from one step to the next. Um, do we have the right content in place that meets the needs of people as we're trying to drive them through the funnel? You know, all of that is, um, is definitely, you know, it's all super useful and a good part of the process. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is not a new concept. I think it's just that, um, uh, you know, it's been, it, it's gotten a lot of, uh, airtime over the last couple of years, I think, as we've seen different types of technologies come out that make it more widely available to different businesses who have never really used it in the past. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely um, consumers don't behave in a linear way when it comes to the funnel. Um, and you mm-hmm. mentioned, um, you know, uh, a lot of companies try to manage their data. So what are the common challenges when it comes to, you know, your clients, when it comes to, to managing data? Uh, so it really depends on the size of the client. Um, with a lot of the big brands that we work with, then, you know, the, the challenges in uh, lots of different types of data sitting across lots of different types of systems, uh, potentially off multiple, uh, across multiple markets. And, uh, and then I would say probably one of the biggest cha- challenges is then, you know, if you're a media agency or a creative agency and you want to try and add value to a client but you are not able to get access to data because the client's unwilling to share it because they don't necessarily see the value or understand the value of what you can bring, you know, probably that is definitely one of the biggest challenges. So it's um, data quality, it's where it sits, it, who, ha- it's who has access to it. Um, it's interesting actually, you know, I know someone who's been working on a pitch recently for a really big brand, really big global brand. And, you know, one of the questions that they were going through was, you know, that this brand wants to see um, a lot of uh, uh, really clear direction as a part of the pitch uh, about what they can do. And, you know, they're looking for, for a response and, you know, the request was put in for getting access to data and they were, they were denied that because, you know, they were sort of told, well, look, that's just, the, you know, we can't, we can't share that information with you. Um, but I think then, you know, well, so the, the question is, okay, well, is that, gonna, is that situation going to change after we then win the business would be my first question. But then also, you know, look, there needs to be a sense of openness to being able to share some of this information because without it, your partners can't deliver great work for you because you need that. You need access to information to be able to dig out the insights which are going to help drive your business. So, look, that's, that is definitely one of the big challenges that we still see. Um, and then, look, I think, you know, of course, the, the big problem with walled gardens, you know, uh, so you've got your Facebook ecosystem, you've got your Google ecosystem, you've got everything else. Um, you know, potentially then, you know, if you're a big brand, maybe using something like Salesforce to collect CRM data, you know, maybe you've got some proprietary systems, you know, you've got your point of sale data, which you're collecting something else. Um, you know, all of that is means that, you know, as a marketer, you need to start having some really IT led conversations and have a very close relationship with your IT person as well and so that's definitely something that we have seen a lot of and when I do the senior exec level coaching with like CEO CMO level part of it is in getting them comfortable with the language for how they can work with their IT team so that they understand you know uh, data taxonomy and different types of systems where you can integrate um, you know data flows between different um, uh, different silos where it's being kept so, uh, yeah, I mean, still a lot of huge challenges there. I think another challenge is just in the talent that is available. You know, I think if you're looking for a career direction, you know, anyone that is out there listening to this, if you're looking for, um, you know, hey, I'm worried about my, you know, I'm working in advertising and I think I'm going to be automated out of what I do in the next couple of years, go into data science this is absolutely the career of the future. And, you know, there's such a huge demand um, across categories, businesses, markets. You know, this is, you know, anyone that's able to um, assess and analyze data, you know, someone with some coding capability just to be able to scrape data off different sources of the internet, um, you know, bring together internal insights and then actually review it and look for something meaningful that skill set is absolutely gold. So, um, yeah, but I think that's something that's probably holding us back as well is because that, that talent is, um, you know, it's, it's not widely available. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, because you've been consulting, is how has the, you know, the organization chart of a marketing team changed? Because what you just said, uh, marketing so I'm a traditional marketer. I, I'm a marketer mm-hmm. focused on growth, on running campaigns, growth, building brand. But there is a new type of marketer emerging, which has a different skill set, which is more closer to the IT. So he's more like a marketing analyst or a marketing yep. operations person and focus yep. more on automation and management of data. 
So mm. uh, what are your thoughts on the new uh, type of marketing team? We even have some, some even have like a, a customer, like existing customer marketing person. So what, what are your thoughts mm. on the new, new type of marketing team? Yeah, look, I think, um, uh, you know, if I'm thinking about some of the big brands that we've been working with over the last six to 12 months, and I would say that definitely there has been a shift in, uh, in terms of putting in people who actually sit within marketing, but also have um, partial reporting into the IT team. Uh, definitely then, so you've got, you know, those who need to have an understanding of technology, um, uh, analytics as well. So, you know, um, deeper understanding of analytics can kind of sit within the team responsible for the websites, uh, can also sit within marketing as well. So definitely we're seeing some crossover there. Uh, an increase in the number of people who are responsible for customer experience as well. So, you know, broadening out of the, uh, you know, I'd say it's sort of the push style of marketing and actually taking on more responsibility for customer service uh, and, and also then potentially in-store uh, experience as well. So, you know, we're seeing some shifts there. That's really with the, with the bigger brands, you know, we can see a lot of that happening. Uh, look, I think it's a really interesting time to be working in marketing because, you know, I think there, is, there are a lot of changes that are actually, you know, they're a little bit scary for some people and it's quite interesting because, you know, I think... Um, I get a lot of people contacting me, you know, and now over the last few months, it's, it's kind of been almost, you know, one or two a week of people who are in senior roles who have been made redundant from particularly senior agency roles and are looking for what that next direction is. And, you know, I just encourage everyone just to start going out there and learning anything they can about digital technology as it relates to marketing um, and think about, because, you know, there is so much change happening in the marketing teams. You know, if they're thinking about how they can get a client side role, even, you know, reposition themselves in an agency, you've got to understand that stuff because that is absolutely where the demand is. Um, customer experience, analytics, uh, data insights, uh, marketing automation, so better understanding of integration of tools like Salesforce with, um, you know, integration with Google, um, just getting a deeper understanding of your data and how you remarket, building different audience segments, what that means for your business. All of that is, um, you know, it's, it's quite a different way of operating. And then the other thing is too, is, you know, as we see all these changes, of course, the other thing we're seeing is huge introduction of automation across particularly some of the media work uh, and you know we're seeing this in um, definitely in analytics uh, we're seeing it in the search work that we're doing um, yeah I mean it's you know this is this is starting to you know well of course we've already seen it you know in a shift away from insertion order based media buying towards programmatic so you know that shift has already absolutely happened um, so you know, I think people really need to be thinking about, okay, well, what, you know, what, what am I interested in and what skill sets do I need to build out to be able to fit into this new ecosystem? And so having a good understanding of what the structural changes are in marketing as well as on the agency side is really, really important. And then just one final thing on that too is, you know, something that I say to everyone we work with because, you know, we do a lot of training and, you know, and even on the consulting side of things when people are like, oh, my God, you know, everything's just changing so much. How, how do I keep up? How do I keep up with all of these changes in digital? You know, how am I supposed to understand it all? And, and I just make the point, you know, like even if you're from a traditional marketing background and you feel like you've been left behind, it is not too late to start because the, the ironic thing now is that everything changes so much that even if you are starting now, you know, it's going to be so different in two years anyway that you're going to know just as much as someone who's been working in the space for a few years. So it's never too late to learn how to do digital and understand technology. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, that's part of like having the digital mindset. So it doesn't matter what tools or what are the new trends in the, in the market. It's having like what you said, a digital mindset to get the most growth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one, and then... And then just on that too, I think, you know, like a lot of, um, 
you know, when, when we're working with agencies particularly, you know, so we, we look at um, both agencies and, and marketing teams and we look at what's the right structure for your business. So based on, you know, where you are now and where you want to get to, then we'll help guide them on, okay, we review the skill sets in their business. So we, you know, we survey them, we check, okay, what, how digitally ready is your business? And so we'll, we'll look at what skill sets exist and then what needs to be developed out. And one of the things that we look at developing with them is this idea of the T-shaped individual. And, you know, this is someone who has broad understanding, if you think like the top of the T, the broad understanding of a lot of different areas across digital. And it should also be strategy and marketing as well. But one area that they know really, really well. So, you know, this is, I always recommend to people that have just one area that is your absolute thing. And particularly if you're coming at this new and you feel like, oh my God, I've been left behind. How am I ever going to keep up? Just go really deep on one thing. And that one thing could be search. It could be social. um, It could be programmatic. It could be analytics. You know, pick your thing and own it. That's what I would recommend. That's that's advice to all marketers, <laughs> and I, I personally follow uh, that as well. I am a generalist. I know basically everything from search to um, Google AdWords to content. Um, but I go down deep when it comes to Facebook ads because I'm from a ah, traditional right, background. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like to mix videos with targeting, so that's that's my passion. But if yeah. I I lead a marketing team, I would know most most things. But the same principles apply. When you do Facebook ads to Google ads, the same principles of you know, getting more yeah. Yeah. growth. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's the key word as well. Like you mentioned, that's what you're passionate about. Yeah. And I think that is definitely the other piece is that, you know, do something that you enjoy. You know, like if you're going to pick this, what, what's the, you know, the vertical of the T for you? Pick the thing that you think is really interesting. You know, if you just think, analytics is really super boring, then, then don't do that. You know, go deep on online video or content or, you know. Yeah. Or if you're good at writing, do content marketing, you know, get, get, get SEO, you know. Yeah. Great stuff. So yeah. one of the things that Read Digital does is digital training. So I, I yes. imagine that you train a lot of um, marketing talent in the various companies. So what yep. are the skills uh, that, you know, as a marketer in a, in an organization needs to learn? What are the skills that normally you would teach them? Uh, okay, so we'll, we, we work across uh, digital strategy and then we, so we, we always frame everything with that strategic overview. So, you know, the points that I mentioned before about where are you now, where do you want to get to, how are you going to get there? So we, we always start with that. And that's, I think everyone needs to have an understanding of that. And then underneath that, um, choose the area that's right for you and your business. And so, you know, we, we work with different teams and, and agencies on um, search, social, content marketing, uh, uh, online video, uh, programmatic, of course. So we do a lot in the programmatic space. So we teach a lot of people how to do data-driven marketing or programmatic marketing. Um, across advertising, how they're developing their data strategies. So data strategies are a really important one. And I think actually it's quite interesting because when we work with different clients and agencies um, on, you know, teaching them about data strategy, I think people think that it's a lot more complex than it is. Uh, but like everything, everything is a process. Everything is a process. So, you know, you just need to then think about exactly you know, and this is, of course, then we, we work with clients um, on this, but, you know, we help map out what is required for your business. Uh, and then I think that's the thing. When we do our training work, we always link it in with your strategic approach as well. So I think that's what's kind of different about our offering in market is that um, we will work with the business to understand what they're, uh, what they're actually working on. You know, what's your brief? What's your challenge what's your business challenge what's your marketing challenge and then we'll tailor the training around that um and so it just means it's far more actionable for someone but look i would say uh you know in addition to those areas analytics you know i've already mentioned that a, a few times as well you know really just starting to dig into whether you've got google analytics or adobe analytics you know get your hands on that stuff you know do some training but also just ask your you know whoever handles it in your business or if you're working in a small business, just do it yourself. 
go in there and start just getting familiar with the terms, um, you know, understanding it, play around with it. I think that's always the the best thing to do. Um, and, you know, other than that, I, I think those are the, the key areas, but always bring it back to strategy. I think that's, that's the key thing. You know, you need to understand measurement and effectiveness, why you're doing things, all of that is then go, ties back to your strategy as well. Yeah, I, I, I get that importance. So uh, I work with uh, some of my clients. I think that it, each, each level of the organization from a, you know, a marketing executive, executive to a content marketer needs to have a little bit of that strategic mindset, uh, let alone the, the chief marketing officer, you know, to know that what they are doing you know, is making an impact to the overall marketing. So it's, it's great stuff that you know, people are, uh, do that. So enough of the serious yeah. stuff. Um, I'm going <laughs> to ask you, since it's your third year anniversary for ReDigital, um, oh, yeah, yeah. How, how, how did you start the agency and you know, what, how has the journey been like for ReDigital? Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, well, so I, I used to be uh, the digital strategy director for OMD um, based here in Singapore, working across all of their international accounts. So I was responsible for digital strategy for clients across APAC for McDonald's, Intel, Hilton, Visa, uh, Johnson & Johnson. And so actually while I was doing that work, I, so I was doing a lot of travel across the region and, you know, I, I'd lived in China before for five years and I just absolutely love living and working in Asia. And, um, and actually I moved home to Sydney for a few years and I thought, oh no, I want to go back to Asia. It's way more interesting. <laughs> the work is way more interesting up there. And it's because it's so varied too, you know, every market is so different and unique and, and at different stages. So, you know, I think that's super interesting. But then when I was working for OMD, the media agencies, so I was doing a lot of work where, you know, I'd go to a market and I'd run a workshop for a couple of days and I thought, oh, I really enjoy doing this actually. Um, I like seeing that moment of someone getting it and just going, oh, wow, right, I, okay, I get that now. I can see how that applies to me, my brand, um, you know, how like they're, they're helping their business grow but also how they're growing, you know, and I get a lot from that. Uh, but I was doing a lot of work where, you know, I'd develop this strategy work and then I'd, I'd be talking to, you know, either our counterparts in market or, or clients in market and they weren't quite uh, getting a lot of what we were talking about. And I thought uh, it's because we need to, um, a big part of developing strategies, you've got to uh, educate on the, you know, because everything's changing in digital all the time, you know, you, you've constantly got to be educating uh, and we needed to set up the right frameworks for that. And I knew that, you know, that wasn't OMD's core business. And I thought, okay, there's an opportunity here. One, I really enjoy doing it. And two, I think, you know, there, there is an opportunity. So, uh, so I left OMD and then I actually, you know, I, I, because I'd resigned and then, uh, and then the notice period just kept extending, extending, extending. And then finally I just went, oh, okay, I need to wrap this up. And actually my first client was, OMD and Johnson & Johnson. Um, so actually, obviously, the business I used to work for and one of my clients. So it was a great way to start. And I've actually worked with Johnson & Johnson for, for several years. You know, I'm still doing some work with them now. Uh, so, you know, it's like it's been, an, it's been an excellent start. But so the journey, you know, to answer your question about that, just look amazing. I cannot believe it's been three years. And I have learned so, so much. And, you know, there's a lot that I think, okay, wow, I was really lucky with that. And, you know, we had such a good start. You know, our first 12 months was just amazing. Um, it did surprise me that I realized a lot of the cash flow actually was coming primarily from the consulting work and less about the training. Um, but I realized it was just because the decision-making process is so much shorter when it comes to requiring you know consulting work it's kind of oh we have this need can you come on board now whereas the training work it takes a lot longer to actually work with someone to get that on board but uh yeah i mean i've just i've, I've learned so much about things you should do and things you shouldn't do and uh you know yeah probably a few things i'd do differently but at the same time look i love it i love it and i'm really blessed because i have an awesome team and you know, they're just, they're, they're really supportive and they get the vision of where we're trying to get to. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's nice. Great stuff. Uh, amazing story. Uh, just want to uh, lock in, 
more into that. Um, so may, more, most of your clients are B2B corporations or big, big, big corporations. Um, so what is your strategy when it comes to, you know, B2B client acquisition? So like, you know, is it creating content on LinkedIn or attending events or just like word of mouth? So I, it, it, look, it's mostly word of mouth, I will yeah. admit. Um, yeah. So most of the work we get is uh, it's referrals. Uh, it's either people that we've worked with before or, um, or they know someone who we've worked with before. And definitely that's something that we've, over the last few months, actually we've been just really sorting out the product offering so that we can change that for next year because, you know, there are definitely limitations as to how much you can scale when it's just coming through word of mouth. We want to be far more proactive about it. And look, we've been super lucky because, you know, from the get-go, you know, because I've been working in Asia for 10 years, so my network is strong across the region and, you know, I've got some great ex-colleagues and colleagues and friends working in, you know, a lot of different brands and agencies across the region. So, you know, people that I've worked with before. So we've, we've been lucky with that. But I do, I want to broaden that out to to other businesses who we don't know as well. And then, of course, the other thing is that we've got, in addition to the consulting, we've got the training work and we've got an e-learning platform that we're about to launch, which is for, it's a subscription product for agencies and clients where um, they sign up a per license fee and it's specifically made for marketers and agency people working in Asia. So it has Asian consumer insights. It has um, guidance on how to execute, plan and execute digital marketing and marketing activity across Asia. So with that, then of course, we need to be consumer marketers. Well, actually, no, not that product. Sorry, that's the different, um, the other products we're going direct to consumer. But, you know, we need to think about marketing in a different way. So with that, you know, we do a lot of content marketing. Um, We use Infusionsoft for our um, lead gen activity. Uh, We use ClickFunnels as well for some of the um, video activity that we post up to. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we've got, like, we use a lot of the tools that we're talking to our smaller clients, I would say, about as well. Um, the more affordable um, marketing tools that an SME would use. Uh, And, you know, we look, I I must admit in 2018, I have just gone hard with conference speaking and um, uh, just, you know, yeah, speaking engagements and and, uh, really, you know, building profile as much as we can. I'd say one of the big learnings has been everything just takes longer than you think it would. So, you know, that, especially when, I mean, we've got a, we've got a small team here. So, you know, it's um, like we're a very efficient, efficient team. Um, but, you know, look, there is only so much that, uh, that a few people can do. Great, great story. Um, mm. One of the things that I want to go back to is you said you were working for OMB and you yep. realized there was a big uh, demand for education. And that's not really what OMB does. The media agency. So there's a lot of demand when it comes to, you know, educating your marketing personnel and companies. So um, how does this demand come about? You know, how does a CEO sit down and say, hey, um, there needs to be digital training for my staff? You know, how, how, what point does um, a company know that they need digital training? Uh, I think... It, it, <sighs> If it's coming from, so it can come from two directions. One is uh, senior management identifying that uh, they're not delivering on the work. So, you know, maybe they've, they recognise that they're trying to do some work but the team just doesn't have the skills to be able to execute it. Uh, so they'll either have that recognition with their managers or it comes from the bottom, which is, hey, we really need to understand this and we don't have the skills to do it, so can we please get some training? And so then it's your, you know, your, your people who are actually doing the execution work asking to be trained in certain things. I think sometimes probably the biggest challenge is that people don't know what they don't know and that's actually, you know, like a, a lot of the questions that I get, particularly from the senior guys is, um, you know, we're, we're really keen to understand how to do different aspects of digital marketing, but we don't know where to start. 
And it's, it is this whole, you know, we don't know what we don't know. Because to be really honest, like if you, if you knew what you were looking for, everything you need to know about digital or marketing or strategy is all available online. It is all available online. But you need to know what it is that one is right because there's so much stuff out there. And honestly, there are so many charlatans as well who are out there, you know, saying that they really know this stuff when they don't. So how do you, how do you figure that out? Well, that's when you're looking for credibility. And, you know, two is then who's got the time to be able to, you know, go out there and package this, all of this up themselves. And so that, then that's where, you know, they're looking for, for solutions. Um, but look, I think, you know, when it comes to the CEO figuring out, oh, you know, we, we need this. I think particularly in the last six to 12 months, I've seen a real shift in this recognition uh, in, in some markets where, you know, you've got businesses now realizing, oh, wow, this, you know, we've been talking about digital disruption for a little while. This stuff is actually happening now. You know, we're seeing digital businesses, digital first businesses really starting to disrupt all sorts of different categories. Um, and, you know, look, kudos to the Singapore government. They do an amazing job at actually trying to drive change within, you know, not just big business who can kind of look after themselves, but in smaller businesses too. And, you know, they've got all these digital transformation initiatives and encouragement for SMEs to also go through digital transformation. And so I think, you know, here what we see is a lot of, um, a lot of work in market telling, uh, you know, business owners, well, you need to get on board with this actually. Uh, and, and then also they, they support them a lot too with different grants and things to, you know, be able to enable skills development and businesses. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it needs to come from both the, the top and the bottom, but then, if you want to enact digital transformation and actually have that change work effectively in a business, that's got to come from senior management. You know, no matter how many people you have at a junior level who've decided, oh, we need to know this stuff and we, and we need the business to change. If it doesn't have senior leadership buy-in and that support of the direction uh, where they want to get to, it will fail. Great stuff. Um, I'm going to go to a more... Um, specific question. So you mentioned you worked with brands like Johnson and Johnson and like Kilton. Yep. So my my question is, as a marketer, uh, is why aren't uh, big brands doing more in digital? You know, are they facing challenges or are they doing something different? You know, why why are yeah? Uh, I think I would argue that actually most of the big brands are doing a lot in digital. Um, you know, we're seeing you know a lot of a lot of uh, big brands who are putting huge parts of their overall media budgets into digital activity. Mm -hmm. uh, they're trying to overall overhaul their their systems internally. Mm. Uh, you know, they they're setting up new team structures. So I think actually there is like I am seeing with the big brands we work with a lot of activity. Um, so you know, I think you know, we're seeing huge shifts in investment still. And actually I saw some figures today released by Magna, I think it was saying, you know, a lot of the increase in ad spend is going towards digital and it's really being driven okay. by activity that's happening in APAC. So actually I think that, you know, most big businesses, particularly consumer facing businesses are really making a shift where I don't see the shift actually is with, um, we do a little bit of work in the legal space. So we work with uh, some legal firms on how they can be thinking about, you know, or identifying what, how digital disruption is going to impact them, how they can think about becoming more digital. And that's where I see in some of those more traditional B2B businesses, uh, you know, a bit in accounting as well, where you've got partner-based firms who uh, just really holding back on undertaking any type of real transformation in either using digital for the way they work or for the way they do their marketing. That That's super interesting to me. Uh, and, you know, look, definitely even with some big B2B uh, categories, you know, like, uh, again, you know, you have pockets of excellence, but um, in more traditional areas, you know, th there's still, there's a lot of, um, a lot of, companies holding back in that space. But in consumer, I'm seeing a, a lot of change. Great. 
I hope to see like more stuff from the big corporations, you know, because I work a lot on the you know advertising side and the influencer marketing side. So I hope to see like more from from these big corporations. Um, mm-hmm. So you you said that you have extensive um, experience here in Asia, and you say it's very exciting mm-hmm. and interesting. Um, can you tell more the audience like why is Asia an exciting market to to work on? Is it the infrastructure or yeah, the adoption sure. of digital? Do you know, I think it's actually more the mindset. Yeah. I, um, you know, look, I, I moved to China 15 years ago, actually, and I, um, I, I moved there to study Chinese and my, my intention was just to stay there for a few months and I ended up staying for five years and I loved it. I just, you know, I had this amazing life experience as well as work experience. And while working there, what I discovered was that there's just a different mindset to being able to try new things and work in different ways. And, you know, I actually, it was kind of what I thought would happen was kind of the opposite. I thought it would be very, very rigid. And, you know, I'd heard things about them, you know, you go and you work in China and you're told, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do this. But actually I found it to be the opposite where if you just ask questions in different ways, anything becomes possible. And now, you know, it's the most interesting digital technology-led market in the world. You know, there's so much innovation coming out of that market. But, um, but you know, I, so I certainly found that. I found it to be an incredible, incredibly entrepreneurial culture, which really shocked me because, you know, I had these preconceptions of what, a you know, working in a communist country was going to be like and it wasn't anything like that. It was amazing. And then actually, you know, I moved back to Australia and actually, you know, it was for personal reasons at the time you know, I wasn't really ready to leave, but my partner at the time wanted to leave. So we moved back to Australia. And then I, I actually had reverse culture shock. You know, I think coming back to Australia and then working within this, you know, this is how we do things here. And no, we don't do things like that. And we don't try, you know, this is, this is what we do. And, and I was like, oh, wow, you know, I've got to get used to this again, actually. And and so, you know, particularly Australia is a very interesting market. You know, like um, it's, uh, it, it look, it's very sophisticated, but it's also very insular. And, you know, um, people there like to do things the, you know, the way that they like to do things. And so I missed that vibrancy and that willingness to be open and try new things that is inherent in every market across Asia. And so... Um, except for maybe Japan, actually, I should, <laughs> should caveat that. Some uh-huh. challenges working in Japan. <laughs> but so then I thought, okay, you know what, I want to go back to Asia and, and, um, and, you know, try this out. And I thought, okay, I'm going to move to Singapore because I thought, I don't know if it, it might be really tough to replicate what was, which was, what was just this incredibly positive experience working in China. So I came back here and, you know, and then got to work across the region and I just, I just fell in love all over again with just how different every market is. And, you know, like it's just there is this sense of possibility here and I don't know, there's just, you know, people are willing to try new ways of working and because everything's changing so quickly, there's this openness to learning and, um, you know, just giving things a go and, you know, if things kind of break a little bit, then you fix them. But yeah, that, that, I think that is, um, that's definitely the, the difference. Of course, every market has its, its own nuances. You know, working in Singapore is very, very different to working in Korea, um, you know, which is very different to working in India. So, you know, they're, like they all have their own nuance. Uh, but, you know, even just the fact that they're all so culturally different and when you're working in regional roles and, you know, all the work that we do here is, you know, it's, it's working across the region, particularly with the bigger brands we work with. It's fascinating to have, you know, three different calls in one day where you're dealing with different teams and different cultures from different markets and being able to navigate that is just super interesting. Cool. Great stuff. I'm also very excited to work around the region. Uh, it's very diverse. You know, Malaysia and Singapore, it's very different. You know, so, so near. Yep. Indonesia is yep. very different. So I always yep. help when the market in Asia, it's prepare for the diversity, you know, like, you know, yeah. it's very Vietnamese and high Thailand. So yeah. uh, I want to ask a question, but you don't have to give a long answer for this. Uh, just to get your thoughts because we're chatting anyway. 
Um, yep. um, so because you have experience coming from you know the creative advertising side, you know MNC Sachi, uh, and that's what my background is as well. I was part of like Sachi and Sachi, and you had the media agency okay. side. Um, so, um, what are your thoughts on the agency model in like twenty nineteen? Uh, we see a current trend of agencies merging, old and new agencies merging. So what are your thoughts on the agency model moving forward? Um, okay, yeah, I can answer that in one line. Every agency needs to go full service. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. There are agencies here. Media, media, and, media and creative needs to join together. We it's cannot together. be operating separately anymore. That's the best one line I've heard. That's the best, <laughs> best one line I've heard. So far, so uh, before we wrap up, we talked for a long time. Uh, besides uh, re-digital, um, what, yeah, what, so this is for more of the audience on LinkedIn, what marketing resource would you recommend like a marketer to, to consume? You know, whether it can be a book or it can be a podcast, besides the ATT podcast where your host is your host. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, of course, I'm going to plug our own products here. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So we, we, uh, we've got a, um, a strategic digital marketing course, which is an online eight-week course uh, that, um, that is made specifically for people who come from a traditional marketing background or agency background and want to understand digital. Uh, we also have an online programmatic foundations course. So for people who just want to understand what is programmatic advertising and how can they go about planning it. So those, I think, are two excellent resources to check out yes, of course. <laughs> and then yeah yeah and then as, as i mentioned you know we've got this um this platform that we're creating at the moment we're about to launch which is called future shift and that is all about uh teaching people how to do all aspects of digital and th that's a subscription product so you know it's made for agencies or marketing teams where they've got you know 10 20 100 people who can then go in and learn themselves. And then we also come in and run workshops with them so that wow. people can, so it's a, it's a blended learning offering. People can watch the videos beforehand and then we come in and run workshops to make it actionable and, and more meaningful for them. Uh, so, so those are, you know, our tools. Um, and otherwise, you know, some of the, I'm thinking, you know, I'm always reading, um, new books, uh, you know, actually, to be honest, you know what I just, I spent the weekend doing, I printed off a whole heap of really good stuff from Wark, um, wark.com, excellent, the best strategy resource oh, available, wark, w-a-r-c.com, oh, it, yeah. it is a subscription product and it is not cheap, but it is so, so good and it's, uh, you, know, you know, if anything that you want to know about the latest research and evidence-based um, case studies in marketing and strategy, that, that is my go-to. So actually, um, yeah, as I said, I'm just writing this new module at the moment for the strategic digital marketing offering. And, uh, and so I spent all weekend reading that stuff. So, yeah. Great, great stuff. Uh, thanks for sharing. So last, last question, and I have to ask this because it, it's in the back of my mind. So yep. uh, a lot of mar some of the marketers online have come up uh, and said like um, they um, have opinions about programmatic advertising. So mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts? Because it can be a costly uh, channel to invest in and it can be a very effective channel because there's a lot of targeting, a lot of analytics. So what do you think is the future of programming, pro programmatic advertising moving into 2019? So I, I still think we're in pretty early days, actually. I don't think uh, as marketers, you know, I, I don't think most are using it effectively as yet. You know, it's very much a direct response channel really at the moment. And I think we need to think about how we're planning, for instance, our creative better for programmatic. Um, so actually, I, I think it can be used really effectively. I don't think, you know, it shouldn't be an expensive channel. It should be a highly cost efficient one because it should be about reaching the people who are the right people that you want to reach. Um, you know, reaching the right audience because you've got additional data and, you know, different, um, you know, um, whether it's context or behaviours or whatever that can feed into, you know, the targeting that you're using. Uh, so, look, I think um, it, what's next for programmatic is all of the other types of media that aren't programmatic yet coming on board. So I think we'll see more connected TV in 2019. Um, we'll start to see it being tested 
across different markets in Asia? Um, is that fully programmatic auction-based buying of specific audiences? No, but I think it's early days and it will move towards that. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm heavily involved in a conference that is organized here, a programmatic conference called ATS. And, you know, in that I advise them each year on what content they should be putting onto the agenda. And the, the big things for me, I mean, this year was all about data regulations and, um, you know, what we do about that, how we manage that. That seems to have been a little bit of a blip and actually everyone seems to have managed it quite well. I think for me next year, it's about effectiveness and creative, you know, so actually um, understanding the whole ecosystem, how we have a better conversation with people who aren't in the programmatic conversation at the moment. Um, there's still an education piece, you know, there's still like a big section of the people who should be, um, should have an understanding who don't have an understanding yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I personally would love to see way more creative use of what we're doing in programmatic. And that means bringing the creative agencies into the process as well. That's a big thing for me. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Jody. I think we reached the end. I've got so much insights and so much practical advice from this. And I hope that, you know, the audience on LinkedIn will, will you know, get a lot of value from this as well. So thank you so much, Jody. Cool. Thanks, Bob. Great speaking with you. Thank you for your time.